Well, hey there, Kara North. How are you doing? I'm good, Joe Suarez. How are you? I'm doing well. So you got home safely from DevLearn? I did, yeah. I got home in the afternoon and took me a little bit. I totally forgot where I parked my car at the airport because it had actually <laughs> been a, a full week at that point. And nice to be back in Eastern time again. Yeah, it definitely is. So I think it'd be great to have a conversation about our takeaways from DevLearn. And if only we had some type of format where we could share that then with the world. I feel like we, wasn't there something we used to do where we did do something like that? Wait, did we have a podcast together at some point? We did have a podcast together at oh, some point. I totally oh, I forgot about that. It has been a while. Me too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's use that. Let's make it an episode. Let's do it. Great. As always, I, I'm, I just record every conversation I have with people. So we'll just use that. That sounds good. <laughs> so just to kick things off, I think it'd be best to start with uh, describing what DevLearn is to people that aren't familiar with it and what they can expect if they do end up going. How would you sum up the DevLearn conference in a sentence or two, Kara? For me, DevLearn is one of the largest learning development conferences of the year. It's put on by the Learning Guild, and it is often themed around what is coming next for learning technologies and design of learning experiences. So you get to see a lot of the fun tools, talk tech, and it also features one of, I'd say, one of my favorite pieces of a conference that I've ever been to demo fest. Yeah. You know, one of the things that they have every year is some pre-conference activities. We can talk about the X API hyperdrive event and the articulate user conference. Neither of us went to either of those, but, um, <laughs> so I do know that the X API hyperdrive event did have some people showcasing some work they had done with XAPI, and that there was some type of judging of that work, and somebody, I, I think, won something in the end as a result of that. I think it's really cool that we're at that point now where it's not just theoretical, that people are actually using XAPI to uh, track learner activity and do some cool work around that. So that's a cool event, and one of the Many reasons that I would say DevLearn is a conference to go to over others because it has uh, that extra focus on XAPI. Yeah, and I'd say another reason DevLearn is a great one to look at as well is for several years, it has also been the home of the Articulate User Conference. And so that typically happens a day or two before the actual event, and it is put on by Articulate. Articulate finds the speakers, has them come in, and there's it was a variety of topics. But there was a notable name this year that I think Joe and I were really excited to see added to the, the agenda. It was our good friend, Jonathan Hill, who has been a friend of ours for quite a while. And we were so excited to finally meet him in person. And I think I can say we're still friends with him. Like we didn't scare him that bad. Do you think that's accurate, Joe? <laughs> I think that's accurate. Uh, I don't know about as a country, if we scared him away from the United States, because this was his first time in the States and he only experienced Las Vegas. So um, I think, you know, he probably has a very biased uh, uh, view of America based on that. 
but yeah, it was it was great to see him and anyone that has participated in the Articulate Hero Challenges will know his name and have seen his work. So let's move on then to talk about just what was kind of the buzz at Devlin. What were people talking about? Uh, what were the topics that were being covered in the sessions? What stood out to you? Yeah, I think the first thing that just stood out to me was just the energy of people and I wasn't able to attend DevLearn last year. The organization I was working at at the time had banned business travel, so I wasn't able to go, unfortunately. Uh, DevLearn 2020, Joe and I were actually presenters there, and it was all virtual, so it was a little bit different. So it had been a while since I think that people have been able to go to a conference and not worry about that thing that happened a couple years ago. And I I think people obviously are are still concerned about it as well. I'm not saying that there's not a concern, but I just got this kind of palpable energy of just people just being really excited about being together again with people and just, you know, seeing people in person, talking to them. That was, I think the first thing that really got me was just how excited, genuinely excited people were to to be there. What about you, Joe? What was kind of your first impressions going in? Yeah, well, I definitely got that same sense. Several people had said that this was the first big event that they had been to with lots of people since um, things have been opening back up. I was really surprised because I personally had not been to Devlin since 2014. Um, so many years ago, and it was hard to remember just how large of an event it is and how many people kind of get packed into that that small conference space. So as far as what the buzz was and what people were talking about, um, it, it was kind of what you would expect here in 2022. So a lot of talk about the mix of uh, both virtual and in-person training activities. So uh, whether you call that blended or hybrid, there was a lot of that, a lot of AR and VR, and that extended to uh, the expo hall floor as well. There were uh, several vendors there that were specializing in that space. Yeah, so just all around, you know, it it really felt different, you know, from my last experience in 2014. You can definitely see the change in the learning technology landscape. What else stood tack out to on you? To that. Yeah, I was just going to say to tack on to that. I love that that was there, but then I also love that there were a lot of what I'm going to say, uh, basic fundamental ones as well. So I love mm-hmm. the bring your own device sessions. They're called BYOD to where you actually get to practice, whether that's building in a particular tool or experimenting with something. There were a lot of those this year and that made my heart happy just to see those opportunities for people that maybe want to get some practice in a different uh, tool or applying something. So that's always wonderful to see. And then, of course, always my favorite kind of sessions that I like going to are case studies or where people are sharing how they built something, uh, why they built it the way that they did. And probably one of my favorite sessions was from Alex Ryan. And it was it was like on a Friday, it was the last session spot before the the closing keynote. And I was, I was like, I don't care. I'm going. And it was about how the organization she works for built this taco builder for, for a client. And they applied that same technique to a fast food chain, but just, you know, them talking through all the constraints around using use of photography and, you know, building the different elements and they used articulate storyline to build it. But you wouldn't have known it just looking at it. It did not look like your, I'll say, typical storyline 
um, interaction. So I can only imagine on the back end how many variables and layers and states all of those things mm-hmm. had. But it was was quite an amazing experience, and I believe it it won Demo Fest vendor best of show last year. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up DemoFest because um, you mentioned previously getting the chance to kind of see what other people are doing. And DemoFest is the event at DevLearn where th- uh, that's the main focus. The day of DemoFest, they will kind of get the chairs out of the way and set it up so that there'll be small tables around the room. And I think it's about 30 people get selected to present some really cool things that they've been working on. And it's a competition, so people win awards for, you know, like you mentioned, best uh, vendor solution. I forget the other categories, but there's also like a best in show for the the top entry. Um, But as a attendee, you get to walk around and hear the people explain what they've been working on and uh, show it off. It's cool for many reasons because, you know, it gives you some ideas about what you could possibly take back and build uh, in your own organization. But also it just, I I like it because it gives me a sense of generally where we are at and, you know, what is considered kind of best in show. Well, as someone that uh, competed in in Demo Fest, and Joe, I think you also competed in Demo Fest. That's also a great experience too. I mean, just not only being somebody who's walking, but competing, And I found it to be an incredible experience when I did it a couple years ago. But I will tell you, unless my stance drastically changes, I'm never going to compete in it again because I won. So I'm undefeated now and I can say that no one's ever, ever beat me. But uh, that's another topic (laughs) for another day. (laughs) Yeah. And it it totally is a different experience when you're showcasing your work. It's really exhausting. And yes you will lose your voice because you're just talking nonstop for two hours, trying to talk over everyone else and making sure people can hear you, which is like you said, it can be a great experience and obviously a great opportunity to show off your work. But the downside of that is you don't then get to walk around and see what everyone else is exhibiting because, you know, by the time you're done, everyone else is, is also packing up. Yeah. And to go back to what you had briefly mentioned about the categories, I know some of them off of the top of my head. So some of the categories include like best academic solution. So there's an opportunity for educational entities or vendors in the educational space to show off their work. Um, there's a, I think a non-digital solution, if I remember correctly. So like if you built mm. like a card game or something like that, but a couple that I want to highlight that people don't know enough about is they have a student option. So if you are currently a student in a graduate program or undergraduate program and want to show off your work, I highly recommend you applying to 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 do this because I mean you talk about a great formative experience and I would hope that everyone would be kind and encouraging, which they would be, right? And show off the thing that you're you're doing. But what a great way to connect with maybe your future new employer if you're looking for maybe your first L and D job, then to show off some of the stuff that you made at Demo Fest. So there's that. And then also video. There's actually like a category for video solution as well. So to your point, Joe, about all of the well, a lot of them using articulate storyline, uh, that is obviously one that, you know, you have to have some kind of a video piece in there for it to go into the video category. So um, more to come, but I I also think that they maybe I don't remember offhand if they had an AR VR one this time, but that is probably coming soon, if not, if it's not already there. 
Yeah, there were definitely some tables that were showing off some uh, virtual reality stuff. And yeah, I don't recall if there was actual category, but I agree if, if there's not, there, there probably will be soon. Obviously, the conference was great, but we also need to talk a little bit about the locality. It was in Las Vegas in the United States, and that is an interesting place to say the least, right? Kind of depending on if you've ever traveled there before or maybe it was your first time in Vegas. There are some different things that you might want to watch out for when it comes to being in Vegas. And I think the first one and a tip that I have is you are going to be on your feet a ton. So no matter how cute ladies you want to look, uh, put those shoes on that are comfortable for you. I did have dress shoes packed and I wore my tennis shoes most of the time and my feet were on fire, even though I still had tennis shoes on. So knowing that you're going to be walking a lot because these properties are just expansive, uh, whether mm -hmm. you stayed at the Mirage where the conference was, or maybe you stayed in a different property, just the walking distance is, is something that I think a lot of people underestimate. Um, another one is just the importance of hydration. Even though it, the temperatures were really mild when we were there, it wasn't really, I, I think that's super hot. I want to say it was like in the 60s, 70s. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, Joe. And, and it was um, even chilly then, in, in the mornings and the evenings. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a good point too. Don't assume it's always going to be really hot. Um, it was really needed to have a long sleeve shirt, um, just walking, but then also in the conference center itself, you know, often because of the temperature, uh, disparities, they'll, they'll be running the air conditioning unit. And so often, uh, you can get cold pretty, pretty quickly, but, um, I, it's important to obviously hydrate yourself, even if you're like, Oh, I, I think I'm okay. Just again, from the walking and just the climate itself, it's almost like it just kind of sucks the, uh, the energy right out of you. What are some of your tips about Vegas, Joe? I think in addition to what you said, the guild always picks one resort to host their location and they will have a hotel discount built into that. So if you get in early enough, you can get a discount on a hotel room at the actual venue, but you can, even with that discount, probably find cheaper solutions, but then you'll have to travel and that goes into the whole walking and, or, you know, getting a taxi or Uber or, and things like that. Another tip I would give is, you know, Vegas has so much to offer as far as activities that really just kind of plan out what you want to do with your evenings. Uh, I would maybe leave things a little bit open so you can do things with other attendees. You know, there are shows, there are plenty of wonderful restaurants and sites to see like the, the neon museum, I think it's called where they have the old signs, you know, the light up signs from all the Vegas eras in the past and, and things like that. Yeah, I'm still sad I didn't get to go to the Saw Escape Room. That was something I really wanted to do, and none of my friends wanted to go with me. How horrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and I found that uh, people local to Las Vegas know of lots of little holes in the walls, whether they be you know good food options or activities. So I had the, the privilege of um, going out to dinner with a client who happened to be local to the area, and went to a, a nice hole in the wall that just served these ridiculously huge food portions. Like I got a, a burger and fries and the plate of fries was like a mountain of fries so much so that like you could tell that they just put as many fries on there as they could because any more fries would just roll off. 
and <laughs> I stuffed my face. And then when I was done, it just looked like a regular serving of fries. Like I didn't even eat anything. <laughs> it was incredible. What else can we say about Vegas? Yeah, I think just, you know, be ready to, I, I love your tip about the spontaneity piece, but just know that you can't be, I think, 100% spontaneous because even though there are a lot of varieties of different places to go to and the restaurants, those reservations book up very quickly. And so there was one particular, I would like to go check out a Vanderpump if you're familiar with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, Lisa Vanderpump is, she has a couple restaurants in Las Vegas. And I kind of got a, you know, inclination. I was like, Hey, I'd really like to go check out Vanderpump Paris. Well, unfortunately I couldn't go because there was no, no reservations available. So had I planned ahead, I could have went, but I, I have issues with commitment sometimes because I, I didn't want to tie myself up and then miss out on something with, with maybe some other folks. So, um, just think about that as well. So if there is a place that you're like, I really want to go to Hell's Kitchen or I really want to go to another Gordon Ramsay property. I want to check out Giada. I want to check out, you know, all these nice places to, to go eat. You may need to get a reservation to do so. Don't assume that you're going to be able to walk in. Yeah, good point. Uh, another thing that I just thought of for first time dev learners is the guild is really good about uh, making sure that you're getting a sense of what to expect for your first time. And I do remember the first year I went, uh, this would be 2013, they had a special thing for first time dev learners and they had us kind of just create a small group, which I'm always leery of small groups, but they said, look, just, you know, connect with each other and, and consider, you know, just going out to dinner or something. And that actually turned out to be a, a pretty good event. Um, because I was coming alone, like the only person from my organization that was there. I didn't really know anybody. So um, that was helpful. Speaking of small groups, I will pivot because before DevLearn, I actually did another conference that same week. So I was in New Orleans uh, the Monday and Tuesday of the week of DevLearn at this conference called ATD Core 4. And what that conference does is kind of similar to what you just said about the small groups. But one thing that, that it does that I love is they have this program called Meet to Eat. And so they will find different restaurants in the location where you're at. You have like a list of different places and you can sign up to eat at that place and they will help kind of coordinate that and you meet with uh, your group. And so that way you don't have to eat alone if you're the only person from your, your organization so if you're not familiar with ATD Core 4, it is a conference put on by the Association for Talent Development, or ATD, and the primary audience are newer practitioners of learning and development, and the entire program is around four different content areas. So these are what they call the Core 4, or foundational elements for learning and development, and they are instructional design, training design, and excuse me, training delivery and facilitation, evaluating impact, and then learning technologies. So at that conference, I had two presentations, one on uh, KPIs, evaluation and assessment, and the other one about accessibility and specifically uh, crosswalking the um, web content accessibility guidelines to poor, which is perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. 
The fun thing about that is Kath Ellis actually did a keynote about the exact same topic. And so as she's doing her keynote, I'm watching all in horror of my presentation, which is right after <laughs> the keynote of my content, the same, which again, it's good. So I ended up, I pivoted. And so while I revisited and went through poor, I actually pulled up articulate storyline and uh, showed them how to do basic, you know, uh, tab orders and, and captions. Um, I showed them how I use Otter AI with um, TechSmith Camtasia to pull out an SRT file and import it in and what that looked like. And so, you know, I really wanted to show and demonstrate in the learning technologies how you could apply these accessibility principles in real time. So honestly, I think it actually made my presentation better than what it was going to be to begin with, because I feel like it was much more applicable, but yep. So that was core four and it was great. Had, had a great time as my first time in new Orleans, a uh, lot to see down there. So really, I think uh sensory overload for me this week, yeah. going from new Orleans to Las Vegas to very lively happening localities. Definitely. Yeah. And you mentioned a tool in the middle of that, so it's clear for people, it was otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R.ei, right? Correct. And that uh, is a text to, no, speech to text tool. Correct. Yep. And so the way that, that I use it when I'm developing videos is if I have like a bite, a sound bite, and I don't have a script for it, which that still does happen. FYI, <laughs> shouldn't happen, yeah. but it does happen. Okay. And I want to transcribe it. Um, what I do is I will strip out the audio clip. I'll import it into Otter AI, give it a few moments, and it will kind of try to caption the audio. Then it pulls up and then it's a transcript and then I'll look at it. I often need to fix punctuation. It's really poor still on like proper nouns and names. It still calls me Karen Horse, which is really great. And then I also <laughs> fix my name for some reason. And then when you're done with it, you can export it as an SRT file. And so going into TechSmith Camtasia, you import captions, bring in the SRT file, and then it will sync up beautifully with that soundbite. So you don't have to do your captions, it syncs up. But pro tip, make sure that your audio is final before you put it into Otter AI. If you don't have the final audio and you mix it up and then you edit it and then it won't it won't sync up your captions. So don't mm. don't do that cuz obviously I've done that before. So don't don't be like yep. me. Yep, just one of the many new cool tools that are out there that you know, if you're not paying attention, you don't even know these things exist that can really help you out and save some time. And many of which were featured on the expo hall floor at DevLearn, going back to that conference. What vendors or what tools or trends, we'll say, uh, stood out to you when you were walking around? I tried not to walk around the expo hall. <laughs> it's kind of kind of scary. No, I'm kidding. Um, actually, it was interesting. It was a different mindset for me this year because, you know, this is the first time that I've been independent going to DevLearn versus working for another organization. So it was almost like I, I don't know, I, it was just a different kind of, kind of vibe, but some of the booths and, and uh, places that stood out to me, uh, one was the Synthasia booth. And so if you're not familiar with them, they basically do, I think AI video, I don't know if I can call it that or not, but you have an avatar and it syncs up and I've used them for a couple years now. Absolutely love them. I've used them in previous organizations. I still have a license of it and I've used it for some really interesting things, but they, they're always so kind and nice and 
always love talking to them. But I have to say, I think the most popular booth there was Speckett. Um, they had uh, arguably the best swag of the the conference, which if you were lucky, you could get an octopus, which was really cool. And you could either get it in pink or rainbow. And I was fortunate enough to get a rainbow one and I gave it to my cat who adores it. So he slept with the octopus last night and immediately kissed Aww. it when I gave it to him. So he is very Aww. happy with his with his specket octopus. So oh, what about you? Cool. What were some that stood out to you? You know, it's funny you mentioned Beckett because it, it was one of many vendors there that fall into the category of digital adoption platform or DAP. And it's an overlay that sits on top of when a user or a learner is interacting with a system, something like Salesforce, it gives them just-in-time information if they're needing some help. So you can think of in years past, the thing that we would do, uh, you know, this new software system is going to launch and we need training on it right when it launches. So we'll, we'll work with IT to get access to like the sandbox and we'll do like a, a screen recording and then we'll we'll walk people through each task that they need to do. And then we'll make an e-learning course out of that and assign it to everybody. And they'll take a 20, 30 minute e-learning course, immediately forget everything. And then use this, the new system a week or a month later. And that, that disconnect just, it never really worked well. And what I like about these, this new generation, I'll call it of solutions is like I said, is that just in time information. So if you're trying to do a specific task and you need a little bit of help, you can pull something up and it can be as simple as a walkthrough of what you need to do to complete that task. Or it can actually pull up a video like I was just talking about. So you can instantly access it and not like go back to the LMS and pull up the e-learning course and, and then find the video. It can be instant like that. Just really cool stuff. I was just kind of exploring, talking to the different vendors there about the different solutions and I, I really was impressed by Speckett. And that might have been because I actually would ended up talking to, I think it was like their senior DevOps person. So she was able to provide me with a lot of uh, technical information, which I was looking for. That's great. And speaking of vendors, there was a post uh, put on LinkedIn this morning that I completely agreed with that I just think is worth mentioning is, you know, you have to remember vendors that, you know, we're here for a conference. I realize that you paid space for this, but uh, be nice to people. Uh, people will remember if your people were rude to them at events like this. And I will say that the some of the booths I did go to, um, I had a specific uh, need or agenda or whatever you want to call it that I was trying to get information on. And the vendors represented in that space or not very nice to me when I came up just to talk to them about it and uh, almost were annoyed that I was even there trying to trying to talk to them. So I realized people are human. I realized that there was a lot going on. I realized that you know they had to travel and do all things too, but I, it's just really hard to overlook that if you're there um, to promote a product, then I feel like you should be a good steward of that product because you are the face of the company as far as I know. And you know, I, I think impressions are, are important. So I'll just leave it, leave it at that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. A lot of what I got, which is kind of what I would expect from this is a lot of vendors stopping me to force a conversation, which I'm always a little weird about that, but I'm also there to learn about what the different products are that, and services that are out there. So, you know, I don't mind engaging with them for a little bit. I wouldn't say I had a negative experience, but there was one booth that I walked up to 
and the lady was like, hi, like, what do you want? <laughs> and I literally said, <laughs> tell me about your, your product. And she was like, like reluctantly just said a few things. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I walked away and she didn't want to scan my badge. And I just remember thinking, why are you here? If that's, that's right. how you're going to treat people that actually come up and are, are curious about your stuff. Overall, the vendors, they're not overly pushy or anything. And you can always say no, thank you. And that there's no problem. I would encourage attendees to go and just see what is out there because you never know what's going to help your organization's learning technologies or what services exist out there that, that could help you take whatever you're doing to the next level. Agreed. Cool. I think that that about sums it up then for what we wanted to cover for DevLearn, unless you can think of something else, Karen. No, I think that does cover it. How interesting just a casual conversation spun into this. Yeah, I just, I'm so lucky. I just happen to record every conversation I have with people. Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. No. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, folks, we're joking around that it has been a while since we've released an episode, especially together where we just get to talk like this. And uh, the reason for that is Kara's recently gone out on her own. And prior to that, she was in some uh, very busy management positions. And I have uh, been out on my own for the past couple of years and the uh, billable work comes first and then the necessary non-billable work comes seconds and I have a family in the mix as well and, and other activities and sleep is a thing I hear so after all that is, is when I have time to do the podcast so I, I want to start making more episodes again so I really hope that uh, we can be bringing some more stuff to you so until then this is Joe Suarez signing off and Kara any final words no, just uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I'm always impressed when people come up and like, oh, didn't you have a podcast or didn't, didn't you do this? And, you know, I don't think we started it to even really do anything except just kind of put content out there that we just wanted to be helpful and, and help connect dots for people. And so we really like to get back to that. But like Joe said, it's been kind of chaotic, I think, in both of our lives, but all good stuff. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's been good that we've been able to, you know, have to remember our careers and, and our lives are, are growing as well. So I'm excited to hopefully be back. And uh, thanks for, again, sticking with us and, and tuning in. We appreciate it.